Hello, and welcome to a special Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brody. Today, I want to do something just a little bit different. I don't have any special guests on the show today. It's just me. There's been something that's been weighing on my heart, and I think it's important for us to talk about. I had recently posed a question to a group of special needs parents, and I asked them, how do you talk about the really hard things that we deal with as parents without actually talking about them? I wanted to know, with all the things that we deal with, with our kids and the struggles that they go through, some of those things are are really difficult. Some of them are really scary. And not everything is something that we need to be blasting out to social media or our followers or our fans or our readers or listeners. So how do we get the message out there that we're going through something when we need support? And a lot of them had some really excellent things to say in response to that. And I want to share some of those with you today. But since that conversation, I've had some discussions with some other parents who are really going through those hard things, and they're feeling like they have nowhere to turn. The family members or the community that they're talking to are just giving pat answers, and they're just trying to give them a quick fix, and they're not really trying to help them, or at least they're really not listening. And I want to be someone who listens, and I want to help others understand how we can better listen to each other, But what if we're the ones who need to talk? What if we need to talk through and process out loud all the things that we're dealing with? But some of those things, like I said, are really hard and they're scary. And so how are we supposed to share those kinds of things without really sharing what's actually going on? How are we supposed to talk about the way we feel about something or the struggle that we're having as a parent watching our child going through something if we can't really give any detail about it for a variety of reasons. So first I want to talk through what are some of the reasons that we can't talk about these hard things. There may be many reasons why we can't talk about these things, but I've come up with five reasons, and there may be more than that. The first one is shame. Comparing our child to others with the same or a similar disability, or comparing ourselves as parents to the way we perceive other parents are handling things. Even though we can't always explain it, sometimes we feel shameful about our child's behaviors. We can feel like we failed as a parent because of it, and we feel like a failure for not following the therapy protocol perfectly. Or if we don't have access to therapy, then we feel like a failure for the lack of resources we have, as if somehow it's our fault that insurance doesn't cover what we need. Somehow, we put our child's behavior and the consequences of their behavior on our shoulders. If they had a meltdown that meant we had to leave early, or if they did something that caused a public disruption, or was simply something that made people look and stare, something along those lines, we feel the weight of that. We don't want to put it out there for all of our friends and our followers to see how badly we failed. So whether it's right or wrong, a lot of times we attach shame to our child's disability. The second reason is guilt. Maybe it's guilt over how we as a parent handle the situation. No one is perfect, 
and parents don't always handle every conflict well. I know I don't. We lose our patience. We lose our tempers. And the guilt that we feel from that is crushing. We're angry with ourselves for losing it, despite friends who will tell us to give ourselves grace, give yourself grace. But not only are we angry with ourselves, sometimes this causes us to also feel anger at the situation. So once again, we're back cycling through grief all over again, regardless of how old the child is or how old the diagnosis is. The third reason is fear. With all the news stories of nosy neighbors and strangers inserting themselves into the lives of others by calling CPS, whether right or wrong, due to misunderstanding maybe, special needs families are super fearful of someone misjudging a situation or our social media posts and taking matters into their own hands. If a parent were to post about struggling with a particular behavior their child has because they need support and they're not sure how to handle it, There's a fear that someone will think them to be a bad parent, or worse, a neglectful or even abusive parent for the way that we do something, or the way we don't do something. There's a fear some parents have of even talking to a counselor about these things, because a counselor is legally required to report anything that they believe is a cause for concern that a child, or even the parent, may hurt themselves or someone else. There's a lot of fear attached to these things as well. The fourth reason that we don't share the really hard things is a matter of respect and honor. We don't want to disrespect or dishonor our child. We don't want to publicly demean them in any way. Some of these things that we might be sharing would be embarrassing for our kid if they knew other people knew about their behavior, especially for kids who are verbal and more cognitively aware of themselves higher functioning, so to speak. The default position of disability advocates is to ask permission before sharing sensitive information, which includes behavior that may be viewed negatively. However, there is something here for parents to consider before even asking permission. Perhaps a parent has a child who is higher functioning, so to speak, meaning fully verbal with high cognitive function, but that child may still be just that, a child, Whether they're 5 or 10 or 15, even if a child were to give a parent permission to share a particular story about something that happened, it's highly possible that that story may have negative effects on them later in life. We all do and say things as a kid, as a teenager, that we wouldn't want to be out there for anyone to access for the rest of our lives. Personally, I don't want to put the weight of a decision like that on my teen, who is high-functioning, I don't think that's a fair question to ask him for these very reasons. And just because someone says yes doesn't mean that you really should. So that's definitely a consideration that we need to be making as parents. Are we honoring our child by posting about this? Are we respecting their privacy? Not everybody needs to know every little thing that's happening in the life of our child. And the fifth reason that I've come up with for why we may not be able to share the really hard things is what I'm calling chronic hard. Maybe you feel like you are always talking through hard things. Maybe the hard thing isn't even something that brings shame or guilt or disrespect. Maybe it's just that you feel like you're always talking about the same thing or a lot of hard things, and you think that maybe people are just tired of hearing about it. 
This can be an especially difficult struggle for those living with chronic pain or chronic medical issues. People seem to have a certain compassion tolerance level, and after a while, it seems that they're tired of hearing about the migraines or the autism meltdowns or the anxiety or the accessible issues in society. Hello, bathrooms. The chronic pain, the chemo side effects, another hospital visit to another new doctor or whatever it may be. This may be about you or your child or another family member. But if you feel like you're always having to deal with really hard things, you get tired of putting that on other people's shoulders and you don't want to you don't want to be a burden. And so when we're dealing with chronic hard, that's a reason why we may not feel like we can always share. So what can you do to process the really hard things in life, but for whatever reason, feel like you can't post about it, even to Facebook friends? I've got air quotes there. Or maybe these aren't stories that you want to document on Instagram. These aren't tweetable tweets. And I have a few reasons for this as well. The first thing that we can do is to find our place of refuge, first and foremost, in Christ. The Lord desires to be our hiding place when we can't go anywhere or go to anyone else. We can spend time in prayer with our Father and pour our hearts out to Him. We can say the really hard things to Him. We can tell Him how we really feel about it. We can say the things to God that we can never utter out loud to another person. He can bear it. I know parents have had the thought that maybe their child would be better off with Jesus than continuing to live in chronic pain, medical complexities, mental illness, or the terrible depression with which it's so hard to bear to watch them live. Maybe it would be easier on us too. But we can't ever say that out loud to anybody else, can we? Because the thought is, maybe then we could get a full night's sleep. Maybe then our stress level would go down. Maybe the grief of losing a child would be better than the grief with which we live now. Logically and reasonably, we know that that's not true. But in the moments of those really, really hard times, our human minds can't help but wonder, what if? But that's never anything we could ever actually say out loud but to God. To whom on earth could any parent say these things? For some, maybe no one, but the Lord can bear it. The Lord can take our shattered expectations, our grief watching our children live with great difficulty. The Lord can take the hard words we can't speak and comfort us with his love because he knows the sorrow of watching a child we love suffer. He knows what it's like to watch your child be treated poorly or watching a son be rejected. He knows both this grief and that of losing a child in death. We can trust him with our hearts and our minds. When I asked this question to a group of seasoned special needs parents, a lot of them gave the same answer. And this is the second thing that we can do. Write it down. Journal your thoughts and feelings. Journaling as a way of praying. Write it all down. I would add to make sure to write the date too, because one day you can look back at everything and see how the Lord brought you and your child through those really hard times. So write it down because you may not be able to share it right now, but you may be able to tell your story later. 
Write it down so you will remember the Lord's grace and mercy, even in the hard times. The third thing you can do is to find a trusted friend or a family member, someone who will truly hear your heart, knowing you want the best for your child, but you're struggling with all the emotion and even the logistics that go with it. Someone who will pray for you and lift you and your family up to the Father in intercession. Someone who won't just try to give you a pat answer and a quick fix and tell you they're there, it's fine, when it's really not fine. A secondary version of this suggestion is to share your story with a fellow parent who's also struggling in a similar way. And as you talk together, you may discern that your own hard thing is something to share with them as a way of showing them they're not alone. Being open like that can be hard for some people, but maybe that parent needs to see that there is hope if you're going through it too. It's not so much of a misery loves company mentality as it is their strength in numbers mindset. You can be praying for each other when perhaps no one else knows about things the way you each know about each other. You can share the parts of your personal story that applies to their story and use it to be an encouragement. Sometimes we just need to know that we're not completely crazy for feeling the way we do, so hearing that someone else shares those feelings can be quite a relief. And if nothing else, you can share in each other's craziness. The fourth thing that you can do is to talk to one of your pastors or elders. Pastors are typically trained in counseling, and they've, they've heard it all. They may be able to help you walk through a hard season or at the very least point you to a fellow brother or sister in Christ in the church who can walk alongside you. Ask them for guidance. Ask them for their help. Maybe they have some suggestions for you or maybe they just have a listening ear. The fifth thing is that if you feel you must share something, you may be able to share by speaking in a more general way. The more I find myself needing to talk through our own struggles, the more I discover there are more ways than one to share a story. I've always been a super detailed storyteller. Our former editor for the parenting blog I write for jokes that I'm one of the writers with the highest word count in a blog post. I'll be nice and I won't call out the other super wordy person she mentioned too. He knows who he is. And that's even after I edit it down. My family and friends know that I just have a lot of words. I've learned over the years, though, and I try to be better at it, but somehow I still think the details I find important are also important to the listener, even though they would be more than happy with a far more concise version of whatever story I'm telling, like my husband, for instance. In any case, this is one of those times when less is more. It's actually a really good exercise for wordy people, by the way, to try and say what they want to say in as few words as possible. But I digress. Lastly, if you are an author, blogger, vlogger, podcaster, or somehow have a public presence with a following, another idea is to write anonymously, perhaps as a guest blogger. You would need to be careful about the details you share so that it's truly anonymous, though, and not easily figured out by people who you know who might read it. This is another instance in which a more generalized version of the story may be necessary, but you can be a little more free to speak your mind. I know this episode is a bit of a departure from the norm, but this has been weighing on my heart quite a bit. And after talking with others who also struggle with talking through the hard things about raising a child with special needs and disability, I thought that maybe it would make for a good podcast episode to get this message of hope out there, 
assuming there are many more who understand this because they're living it too. There is hope for you. You're not alone in this. You can take your burdens to the Lord and lay this before him. Spend time in prayer and read God's word. David prays in Psalm 25:16, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And God himself says in Isaiah 41:10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And I know that if you're hurting with these hard things, even and especially with the chronic hard things, things that aren't going to resolve in a few weeks or even a few months, we're brokenhearted and we're crushed in our spirit. But the Lord is there. Maybe you just need to hear today that someone understands. So hear me now. I understand. And I can tell you that God understands too. And I'm not trying to give you a pat answer, I promise. The Lord cares about you. He is able to comfort you when no one else can. He will strengthen you to do the hard things that you need to do when you call on Him. I've been there. I've cried out to Him in my own distress, and He has provided what I needed in the moment. And I know that He'll do the same for you. I hope this has been helpful to you. So much of this has been personally very helpful to me, and I figured that if it helped me, I was sure that it could help someone else because I know I'm not the only one struggling with this. I want this podcast to be a source of support and encouragement, and more than anything, I want you to find hope in the one who loves you and cares for you more than anyone else in this world. Sarah Brody, and this is A Special Hope. You can find our website at hopeinautism.com slash a special hope podcast. Also on Facebook and Instagram at a special hope podcast and on Twitter at a special hope pod. You can also email me at a special hope podcast at hopeinautism.com. I'd love to connect with you on social media and hear your comments. And if you're enjoying listening to A Special Hope, I would greatly appreciate it if you could give a five-star rating and give a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It goes a long way towards helping others find hope and encouragement. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great week.